You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hey, everybody. As you can hear, my voice is still shot. I ended up getting laryngitis as a result of the cold that I had last week. And you can hear my voice really go at the end of that last episode. And as a result, I wasn't able to talk through Saturday, Sunday, Monday. This is actually the best my voice has been. So uh, I am not going to be able to do an episode this week. There's just I just don't want to strain my vocal cords any more than I have to, which is a bummer because I'm really itching to get back to work. Uh, So in the meantime, I want to repost some of the episodes of The Cost. I'm working on some new episodes of this series where we sit down and talk to people about how government policy affects their real life. I'm going to have some new stories as well as update some of these old stories. Uh, so I wanted to refamiliarize, especially the new audience, with this. So please listen to the cost. Uh, I should be better and back to work next week. And I appreciate your uh patience (laughs) because trust me nobody's going crazier than i am so all right guys i will talk to you soon you're listening to the we are libertarians network learn more at wearelibertarians.com government policy has a cost every law and regulation passed by the government has a human toll the cost a series of we are libertarians is a one-on-one interview that tells a story of an average person dealing with the outcome of policy I'm Chris Spangle. In this first episode, we talked to Megan of the Smoke Station. This was an interview that was done in 2012 uh, between Chris Galt and I. Megan worked for a roll-your-own tobacco store. They were put out of business because of regulations implemented by state legislators and federal lawmakers. They tried to ban roll-your-own cigarettes. The smoke station had to convert their business, as you'll hear, and eventually transitioned into a vape shop. Just as they were beginning to get their feet on the ground as a vape shop, they ended up going out of business because state and federal regulators changed the rules. Now in 2014, uh, in December, the smoke station was raided by state excise police and had all of their vape and tobacco supplies confiscated. This eventually put the smoke station out of business permanently. This was recorded at the beginning of their journey. Please take a listen and recognize that for every job loss, that is a family that is impacted and a community that is impacted by the loss of income, with the simple stroke of a pen by politicians who are beholden to big tobacco. Here now is Megan's story. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. This week, uh, we have some special stuff for you. We're going to talk to you guys about uh, some new regulations uh, passed down from the White House. Um, These regulations may force roll-your-own cigarette stores out of business. Um, President Obama signed a new transportation bill last Friday that included a provision that may force uh, many of these stores out of business all around the country. Um, In the usual not-too-transparent manner of Congress... And the way they make laws, they just amended the transportation bill to include that roll-your-own cigarette stores are now manufacturers, which levies them to way more regulations than they can afford. And it should be noted that when you buy a roll-your-own cigarette and you buy a carton of them, you're taxed at a lower rate. Right. So 
And we actually have a special guest this week we to do. help uh, walk us through some of this. Someone who's going to be directly affected by this ban. Uh, yeah, so you want to introduce, introduce our, yourself to our listeners? Yeah, hi. Um, my name is Megan Stewart, and I am still currently the manager of a smoke station in Indianapolis. Where are you located at? Um, we have four stores. Uh, my main store is on 84th and Michigan Road. Okay. And so tell us tell us a little bit about the stores. What are the nature of the stores, and are you basically only roll your own cigarettes, or how does your store work? Um, the majority of our profits come from people using our machines. Mm-hmm. Um, $25.50 is a box, that, which also there's regulations uh, from the government that we're, you're not allowed to call our cigarettes cigarettes. You're supposed to call them smokes. You're supposed to call the carton of cigarettes a box. Oh man, a box of smokes. Yeah, so um, a box of smokes. Yeah, and if you if you don't and you get caught by excise police, okay, you get fined. Why do they make a distinction between cigarettes and smokes? And what is the what is the point of that? Do you think the point of that is? I mean that that mainly helped us to try and stray away from being called a manufacturer because mm-hmm. I mean big tobacco is like. Try, I mean, they want to get rid of us, obviously, and they did a pretty good job so far. But when we were still open, you know, we were using these this verbiage as, you know, a way to show, like, we're going to, you know, we're going to uh, abide by, you know, the rules of trying to be open right, and still sell cigarettes or smokes. I don't smoke, and I don't think you do either, do you? I don't. So I, I don't you, smoke either. Okay, well that's <laughs> ironic. I would I wouldn't have I wouldn't have bet on that. Um, so, you know, what is the difference between the two cigarettes or the cigarette and the smoke? Well, um, yeah, if you want to put it by the big tobacco and the small tobaccos uh, versus each other, mm-hmm. uh, big tobacco, the majority of each cigarette, each one. Is seventy percent chemicals. Oh, yeah. Wow, thirty percent of it is tobacco, <laughs> and that's not even including the the chemical of uh, the flame retardant chemical they put on each manufactured cigarette. The fire safety papers is what they call them. And I like that they put fire retardant on cigarettes. Yes, yes. <laughs> they want their, for you. Yeah, they don't want stuff to light on fire. Fire when you flick it out. The yeah, window. exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if you leave it sitting, you know, on an ashtray or something. Right. Right. Okay. Um, well, and then you have our cigarettes uh, that do not contain nearly as much chemicals as the others. Uh, I mean, we're just one hundred percent tobacco. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no additives or fillers. I mean, besides the fact that you're just getting nicotine from tobacco, mm-hmm. that's it. There's, so they're you, not considered organic. They are considered natural because organic would be the use of pesticides. Right. The so point. they take the tobacco plant, they hang it up, they dry it, and then I assume it gets chopped up into, you know, maybe processed a little bit, and then you buy that from a distributor? Correct. Okay. And so when you when I walk into the store, what's the experience? Do I is it like you know when we were kids and we go on field trips and you get your cup no. and you'd get a suicide? Could you go and fill no. it like with different types of tobacco or you, you really could? I mean, okay, uh, suicide cigarettes. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, that's yeah, well, Oxy- I don't want to say that. oxymoronic. Yeah, it is. Um, no, so I mean, as a first time customer, when you walk in, I'm gonna, I'm gonna greet you and say. Ask if you'd been here, and if not, you know, 
explain everything I basically just said to you guys, mm-hmm. and then going further, um, you know, what's what do you prefer to smoke? What uh, if cost is not a factor because it's not at our store? Mm-hmm. You know, what uh, what type of tobacco do you like? Do you like a full flavor light, ultra light, menthol? And the fact is, you can blend. We were blending. Uh, Tons of t- different tobacco together. Right. Um, and eight ounces of tobacco makes a carton of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, people could do one ounce of this, one ounce of that, three of this, three of that, and so on. And so you put it all together in this machine, and then it rolls it, the machine probably, I would assume, I've never seen one, but it feeds down into the rolling paper. And then your automatic rolling machine rolls a perfect cigarette. Yes. With or without a filter? With. With a filter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so it becomes... it. The smoke ends up looking exactly like a cigarette, right? Exactly. Okay. Like All right. Um, imagine a, like a really big ATM machine that's you know a little wider than normal, but it has a like a wood grain finish. Um, I mean, yeah, you have a this top section where you pour the tobacco in. You have a, a section where you put the empty filters and tubes in. Mm-hmm. You press three buttons. Eight minutes later, you have two two hundred cigarettes. You okay. can control the density of each one too. So, so these are big machines. These are not something that you could necessarily buy for your house. Yeah, and that's really funny you brought that up because they're saying now legally it's okay to have these in your in your home, but these are thirty two thousand dollar machines, mm. and no one would. I mean, right? You'd have to be. If you'd Donald have to Trump re- wanted you'd to smoke really these, have to like he cigarettes. Smoke those, yeah. I mean, I know a few people <laughs> who really like cigarettes, but they're probably not dropping thirty-two thou on a on one of these machines. Is there is there a home version that you can? <laughs> is there a take-home version that you can buy out there? Sure, yeah. The ones we're selling one. now, since we're shut shut down from the machines, we're selling the hand rollers. Nowhere near as fast or consistent. Yeah, right. And, no, so what? Longer. So what was there? So again, they they added this onto a highway transportation bill. I can't even imagine. I, I guess it was Max Bacchus of Montana was the driving force behind this. These rolling machines are banned or or not in use. I don't know if they're banned or there just aren't any in Montana. Uh, and he was the driving force behind this. And Bacchus is a, a Republican or a Democrat. Senator Bacchus. I think he's a Democrat. I was I was thinking it was a Democrat. I read somewhere. Yeah, it was a, he's a Democrat because he was the health care bill guy, too. Oh, okay. So he's a real gem of a of a senator. <laughs> uh, and so he was the driving force behind this. And he has had a tremendous amount of financial support from Altria and other yes. cigarette companies. And I call him Big Sig. Big Sig. <laughs> big Pharma and Big Sig. So, I mean, is this – what? let's speculate a little bit. Why do you think that this was pushed through and what do you think the cause of this is? Is this something that they've been pushing for for a long time and they've just finally succeeded or what? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, there's – it was – we found out um, in November of last year um, that this provision was slid into the, the, the highway bill. And we we got prepared. We got you know we had to get a lobbyist. We had lawyers. I mean, and we had uh, information to show our customers to you know make them knowledgeable about what's going on, so they can help too, um, as well as a petition to sign saying you know we are not manufacturers, we are retailers, right. mm-hmm. and uh, that we we tried really hard. We had thousands and thousands of um, signatures on our petition. And yeah, I saw the petition on your guys' Facebook page. You no, know, yeah, there's multiple. Um, 
I mean, we had a hard copy one that before the Facebook page one, and then I created the one on MoveOn.org, mm-hmm. and now there's a new one that's you know going to be it's nationwide, and there's over three thousand signatures. It, so when you say you guys hired lawyers, was it the the oh we've had we've the had parent lawyers. company of the four stores, or is it the you parent know, company? Yes, or or is it a you know, or is the smoke shop a nas- a nationwide chain of some sort, or we uh, who, who when you say they, who are they exactly? Sorry, um, they being um our yeah our affiliate parents in Florida, um. They were the ones who started out first, basically, um, in the country. Uh, very big down there. Uh, yep. Really big loss. Florida's where I, like, I got all my information from about it. Yes, and they're... <laughs> Since we have around. a guest, I'll reserve comment. I had a really bad, bad joke, but I'll... Go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> I, I can save it. I yeah, like that joke. me a lot. I mean a lot. <laughs> Anytime we're recording. That's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the way that I got involved with this... I might as well just start from there. My brother-in-law, uh, his best friend is the one who opened all these stores in Florida. He's got probably 12 stores down there. Um, so we got into it up here, um, and we just we grew so so quickly. Um, and now, I mean, we uh, we had six. We're no longer affiliated with two for invest in, investor reasons. It doesn't really matter. But, I mean, we've gone to Chicago my sister is also involved. She moved to Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia to open up stores. So this is really kind of a family business for you guys. Yeah, and, it is. Okay. Um, how many how many roll your own stores are there around the nation? Oh, there's over fifteen hundred is what we've calculated, wow. okay. and that's ten thousand ten thousand people uh, who are employed by a roll your own store. Okay, so we're not talking about a major business. We're talking about. Mom and pop stores. We're talking about small business owners like yourself. That mm-hmm. you know. So, what does this do to your business? Oh, um, I mean, we've had to. We used to be open seven days a week. You know, ten to twelve hours per each store a day. Um, we cut down. Now we're uh, closed two days out of the week. Shortened hours um, are from ten to five now instead of nine to seven or nine to nine mm-hmm. every day. Um, it's basically, and that's just uh, this week that you're starting that. Yes, yeah, okay. uh, that started Monday. Um, Man, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Delay anybody off? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, total out of uh, our Indianapolis stores, uh, we three fourths of our employees are gone. You laid off three fourths of it. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, now we just basically have uh, a manager per each store, one person there. When it used to be two to three. Um, yeah, and for so longer be, periods. Because of, of this one regulation where a big business basically bought a, a senator and then got this regulation passed, how many employees did you go – when you say three-fourths, how many how many people are out of work this week just because of that one regulation? This week, just in the greater Indianapolis area out of the four stores – and there are uh, imitation imitators like us. Uh, sure. So that – I don't know how many they would have, but I assume – for us, it was around 40. So you laid off 40 people this week because of just, this regulation? Just about Just 40. in Indianapolis. Just in Indianapolis, and there's 10,000 people. So you take three-fourths of 10,000 people. Do you know math? That's like 1,400 <laughs> people. No, just no, it's probably about 7,500 jobs. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're talking about a massive layoff because of this. What do you think this uh, regulation has to do with highways <laughs> <laughs> and transportation? 
nothing but and the why cigarette butts the on the highway. <laughs> right, which is actually a personal vendetta of mine. I really, oh, I, I can't, stand I can't that. stand that. It I cannot. Just makes me so mad. That's yeah. littering. It's if it's you are currently driving and smoking while you're listening to this, please do <laughs> not flick a cigarette. Put it in the ashtray yes. or just save it to throw away later. As you know, we have several dozen listeners on this program. <laughs> so, um. So so where do you go from here? I mean, do you do you start having to branch out into other I I mean, do you guys sell different business model? Yeah. Basically. I mean, and I'm not going to ask you to give away your trade secrets, but I mean, <laughs> do you guys sell different kinds of cigarettes? Do you specialize in specialty brands or how do you, you know, where do you go from here, I think? Um well, from here we've been trying to do a social club. Is really mm-hmm. the only thing right now that's looking hopeful besides this uh, petition getting seen by the president by the end of this month. Um, so that really can, totally turns our whole business model around where I mean, now we're a non-for-profit social club that we now have to uh, have a recreation of some sort at our store um, as well as the, the pleasure and recreation are, are uh, criteria to have a social club. So you have um, to go from uh, a business where you sell volume to an event planning company almost. Almost. Something has to be in the store as well as to, for the machines to be used as well. Like, I don't even... Okay, so you can use the machines. You, you just have to do it in a certain way? Yeah. There's a loophole? That, yeah. From another, from one loophole to another, it's... Yeah, now, I mean, I don't know. It's It's crazy to where we almost have to, like... Have bingo set up or something, and you can, you can feel yeah. free to say this because the president doesn't listen. So <laughs> I've got confirmation on that. But so <laughs> he doesn't listen to our podcast. Yet? No, no, uh, I don't think Max Bacchus does either. He may not know what a podcast is. Making an auto download on his PC. <laughs> well, he's got an iPhone. But all right, so that that's that's interesting. There is always. Um, yeah, not for long. <laughs> there is always a loophole in all of these laws. So they always have these, you know, intentions of doing it this way. But then there's always some loophole that this is this is why the free market is always better than the government intervention. Um, and welcome to being a libertarian, by the way, because these time of events, you. you may have been a Republican or a, de- a Democrat, but I guarantee you're a libertarian for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, after this, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's usually people say, "How do you grow the? How do you grow the Libertarian Party?" I say, "Just let the government keep on doing what it's what doing." What it's doing, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, that that is the interesting thing is that people will always find a way to innovate. They will always find a way mm-hmm. around the rules. They will, and I'm not saying you're doing anything nefarious. You're doing what you need to do to survive, yes. to employ people again, to put people back to work. And it's the government that's hindering that. And it's these stupid types of just asinine policies that mm-hmm. that happen at every level of government that put people out of work. And you want to know why. You want to know how libertarians will create jobs. We won't create jobs. We'll stop doing stuff like this, and we'll stop putting 40 people out of work. You know, We'll stop putting 7,500 people out of work by passing needless regulations. We'll let the, let the jobs create themselves. Because yeah. let me ask you this. How many people did you force into your store to buy your deathly cigarettes? Zero. I mean, so you, you have the choice to come in So you didn't go out and with a gun force anyone into your store to buy your, your smokes? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, well, if I anything, just, this is outrageous. I thought that's what the purpose was. You were forcing people to smoke. 
What, uh, what are your thoughts on the smoking ban? That's that's just been passed in Indiana and in Indianapolis. What are what are you, some of th- your thoughts on on that as as a small business owner in the tobacco industry? Um, well, the smoking ban. I mean, when we opened two years ago, uh, we decided then and there. You know, we don't we don't really want people to be smoking in our store. We kind of wanted this concept of a of a really fast, efficient in and out kind of thing. Sure. Um, uh, honestly, I'm not a smoker. I you don't want to be around it. Yeah. Enjoy, you know. I like I enjoy going, you know, to have a drink somewhere and it's not a thick cloud of smoke. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I don't really, I don't care either way. If if they want to smoke, they can smoke. The fact now that you know, smoking is banned from bars and well, not all of them, but bars and restaurants. Uh, I mean, I, I just really don't. are about don't f- care. There are about four thousand. Uh, last estimate, there are about four to five thousand bar employees in Indianapolis, and they think that the local band here in Indianapolis alone is probably going to lay off about a thousand people. Really? Because again, it's a regulation that the government creates, maybe with good intentions, but at the end of the day, it causes lost jobs, and it's because people, you know, the problem with cities, especially Indianapolis. Indianapolis, their mayors, the city councilors, Republicans, Democrats, the city leaders, they all think about the city core. They all think about, you know, from IUPUI over to Lockerbie to South Street up to 16th Street. That's where they think. So they don't think about, you know, 10th and Tibbs. They don't think about Mars Hill. They don't think about the neighborhoods around the city core. And the people at the at the little bars like Good Times down in Greenwood, you know, near Greenwood, but in Indianapolis, those places, you know, I'm not saying Good Times is going out of out of business. I'm saying that a bar like that, a neighborhood bar that's in a strip mall where people from the neighborhood just go get together, they smoke, they drink after they get off work. Those are the kind of places that just lose business and go out of business and close. And people who have put up risk on these businesses, you've put up risk. And now the government has said, well, we don't care if you took the risk or not. You know, that's becoming the problem. The government is the bigger risk than failure mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. Uh, so why innovate if you can't even compete if they can just shut you down? Exactly. You know, and so that's that's my view on the smoking ban is that, yeah, you know, do I'm not a smoker. I don't like to be around smoke. But here in the city core even – if I like to smoke, I could go to Andrews O'Reilly's. If I don't like to smoke, I can go right next door to Champs or mm-hmm. across the street to Scotty's. And it's up to the business owner to decide. If I don't like being around smoking, I've got two choices options. to that one option. And now I have no options. Mm-hmm. And especially not in the neighborhood areas. And, you know, that's that to me is the fundamentally stupid thing about, about <laughs> all this. It's just fundamentally stupid. You know, and they they say, oh well, we need to do it to look like a world class city. Well, job loss doesn't make you look like a world class city. <laughs> you know, and what they're saying is that your employees are not as valuable as the tech firms. Well, you pay employees. Your employees go out and they pay for goods at at Walmart, at you know, car stores, at movie theaters. You know, and and that's just uh, the wrong headedness oh, yeah. of. Of central planning. If a regulation had caused Google or Apple to cut that many jobs, it'd be front page news right now. Right. Oh, yeah. If, For sure. If there was a tech firm that had to cut $7,500 jobs, $7,500. Yeah, we know what you mean. I don't think it, yeah. <laughs> 7500 jobs across the United States. You're right. 
They GE would be Any, screaming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but the problem is, is GE, you know, he gets to sit in the Oval Office and you don't. So, you know. Try to type in um, RYO Highway Bill in Google. How many, I mean, I've maybe since this happened, what is, uh, over a little over a week ago when we got the notification that it was going to be put through. Mm-hmm. Type in, try and find an article or something about it. Not much. I found maybe three, four. Yeah. When I first heard about it last last week, mm-hmm. um, it was just on a few blogs. Yeah. No, nothing major at the all. The Las Vegas newspaper reported on it, but other than that, nothing really. You know, and that's the problem is that we focus on, you know, globalization and jobs moving overseas. Well, here is something that the federal government can do with just the stroke of a pen that puts people out of work that they could they could fix right now. And so what are some of what are, what I are mean, some ways that people can help listeners can help? I mean, is there is there a they? silver lining that we can help you guys? And, and what way can we help your business here locally and, and across the nation if we have nationwide listeners? How can we help you guys? Um, <laughs> the the one thing we're counting on that that would help us not have to change our business model completely is that petition. Um, now, I just tried to pull it up and my Internet went down. But um, it's it's on our Facebook page. Okay. Um, so what's the name of your Facebook page? How can we search it is, for it? It's just Smoke Station, two words. Okay. Um, and this is on the petitions whitehouse.gov. Um, and for Obama to even look at this, we need 25,000 signatures by uh, the 31st of this month. Um, currently, right now, I'm looking, there's 3268. Uh, uh, signatures on this petition, and so we need twenty one thousand more to go. So, um, what kind of response have you gotten from local, state, or federal lawmakers on this? Not, not much. Um, I actually, I've contacted a few. I'm, the response I usually get is, "It's not our our problem. It's now a federal problem. They they won't they overlook it." Um, Pretty much completely, mm-hmm. but uh, actually, when you're saying what others can do, I, people that come to our stores are so used to smoking these cigarettes, and many people once they come in and they find out about this, and they don't know. I have to tell them right then and there, and they're you know they get pretty upset. Then they yeah. go, "Well, I'm not giving my money to Philip Morris to Altria." Sure. And so I'm going to buy this bag of tobacco. I'm going to buy this these empty tubes, and I'm going to buy a hand rolling machine and do it at home. Right. Um, so that that really helps. I mean, and I'm surprised with the number of people that are actually doing that. Um, so which, it's a, it's a it's also a matter of going to your four locations and just if if you smoke, don't yeah. smoke the big corporate t- you yes. know tobacco. Come in and and learn the joys of rolling your own cigarettes yeah, because give it a shot <laughs> i've i've actually heard nothing but good things from you know a lot of people it's actually funny we have we have one uh, leader in the party who rolls his own cigarettes and we went to a training training event with a bunch of republicans for american mm-hmm. majority and so we're all you know like all the goody two shoe republicans are inside chatting with each other and then all the misfit libertarians are out smoking <laughs> and then here he is rolling his own cigarette and like they all look over like what is he doing <laughs> are they smoking pot out there it's like, <laughs> uh, it's like the stereotypes i know i know <laughs> i love it but 
You know, and I hear that it's it's better for you because I, the, the, oh, yeah. the chemical I've heard that percentages that you gave are stunning. Yeah. yeah, and the truth. And, I mean, I have customer testimonies. Once they tell me, you know, that they're they're mad about this, they go, they go, well, I was smoking Marlboros for 20 years and I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. I couldn't walk up the stairs without, you know, losing my breath at the top. They go, I've smoked these for two years and I feel great. It's like, like health food. Well, it's like uh, <laughs> people die from lung cancer now, but it's like if you lo- if you look at two generations before me, they all rolled they had they smoked tobacco, mm-hmm. rolled their own cigarettes, and they lived to be like ninety eight smoking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should do. What, I mean, you should do what Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth is marketing itself as a protein bar now, so maybe what? you should go. <laughs> Are they really? Yes. <laughs> go look at go look at a Baby Ruth oh, bar. It's man. eight grams of protein. Like it's gonna make you healthy. <laughs> That's what you ought to do. You ought to market this as a health product. <laughs> No, there's some pretty terrible stuff in some in big big cigs. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So, what are some other things? Um, what are some other things that you'd like to get out there as we sort of come to a close here? Um, oh, this is a, a huge point. Um, the fact that they're trying to uh, say that we are manufacturers, they overlook the fact that a uh, a federal di- district judge. Uh, deemed us as retailers Mm -hmm. and this was prior years prior um and it's it's funny nothing really seems to matter what we do they say you know uh you have to be you can't be a a retailer but a federal district judge says you are you need to have a petition of signatures and then we'll look at it but no that i mean no we've had it like i said we had all these thousands of uh signatures it meant nothing before this, hmm. and we had no time. This all happened uh, f- within three days. All these jobs were lost, and all these small businesses went down within three days. Um, and it's the government is just very short-sighted. Uh, and I mean, now much, and now your employees are probably left with no choice, so they go and they, they're trying to find jobs. They find jobs, and if they can't, they go on unemployment. Very yeah, you, um, you know, and and then they draw on that for two years, and then you know, it's I'm not gonna I'm not going to sit there and give them a lecture about drawing public public assistance, but at the same time, it's like, well, the government created this mess, <laughs> you know, but yeah. at the end of the day, we all end up paying for it. Yes, we end exactly. up paying for the public assistance programs because they put your employees out of business. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.